welcome to the latest edition of Crypto Bytes. My name is Dina Sala, counsel in the UK Regulator and Investigations team at Dentons in London. And today I've got the real pleasure of speaking with Konstantinos Adamos. Konstantinos, would you um, like to introduce yourself, your background and your role at Revolut? Hi, Zina, and thanks for having me today. Um, I'm Konstantinos, I'm a regulatory lawyer and I'm the lead counsel for Revolut's crypto product. Um, prior to joining Revolut, I was in another crypto firm and even before that, I was at the FCA. That sounds like great background and given the growth of crypto, it's, it's fantastic to have you here. I guess, can you tell us a little bit more about what Revolut is doing in this space at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Revolut is a financial super app. Um, that means that we want to offer you all uh, things, money within one app, which is our motto. Um, we have been offering our crypto product since uh, 2017, so a few years now, but it's really started picking up um, recently and we've um, grown the, the product offering quite considerably. Um, I think our customers really love the user experience. It's very intuitive, very easy to use. Um, we offer a wide range of features. We obviously offer the buy and sell product, and we have over 100 tokens listed on the platform. Um, we offer a withdrawals functionality, which allows customers to withdraw the crypto they buy on Revolut on an external wallet address, um, either with another provider or a self-hosted wallet. Um, we offer staking, which is a relatively new uh, features that, that we introduced. And we offer a product called Learn and Earn, which aims to educate customers on crypto and reward them when they um, complete sort courses, which introduce anything from how things work in crypto, what DeFi is, and obviously focuses on the risks of investing in crypto. That all sounds incredibly exciting. Thanks, Konstantinos. And it's great to hear about sort of what you guys are doing at, at Revely. Um, I suppose sort of while growth is, is great, what comes with that as some risks. And I suppose I'm really interested to understand what keeps you up at night as, as the lead for crypto and at Revolut. Yeah, thanks, Zina. Thankfully, I sleep okay at night. Um, but yeah, crypto is my main focus in the company and it's enough to keep me busy and my team. Um, Obviously, I'm a reg lawyer, and in my role, I have to look into a broader range of issues to effectively advise my clients. Um, crypto is one of these areas that is very diverse, and it touches on, on such a broad range of topics that you need to have awareness of the broader financial services landscape. It's also necessary to keep track of developments around the world, um, because it is so divergent, even within the EU. And monitoring these developments can sometimes be quite tricky. Um, for example, there is a risk of inconsistent treatment of a product in different jurisdictions. And it's an, an issue that is quite difficult to manage, both from a product development perspective, but also managing the, the legal risk that is attached to it. Absolutely. I mean, keeping track of developments around the world and making sure sort of from a jurisdictional perspective, sort of managing managing those across jurisdiction, I can imagine is a massive feat. Um, I guess turning sort of from global to sort of a more UK focus, we'll, we'll concentrate on sort of the important topic of 
consumer protection shortly, but obviously we can't really forget the recent consultation from um, Treasury in respect to the government's plan to regulate crypto. And as we've got you here, I'd be really interested to sort of hear your key takeaways from the recent consultation. Indeed, it, the consultation is quite a crucial moment for the industry. And it's very promising that the UK is proposing its own framework on the regulation of crypto um, and how the FCA seems to be engaging with the industry so far. Um, well, I would say that the UK remains the second biggest market in this space. So there is no doubt that the consultation will go a long way in maintaining that competitive advantage. But a lot remains to be seen as to how the rules will eventually be implemented, because, well, as we say, the devil is in the detail. And I know it's a cliche, but it is very true. Um, well, the proposed framework differs from Mika in the sense that it's not a standalone regime and it will be enacted through changes in FISMA, the Financial Services and Markets Act. Um, however, from what we have seen so far, it appears that there are substantive similarities to Mika, and it's worth seeing how the interaction between the two regimes will look like, especially given that, well, our biggest uh, trading counterparty is the EU. Absolutely. I mean, as you say, the devil is in the detail, but I'd be really interested. What do you think the UK is really living up to? The political promises it, it made in relation to the UK being a crypto-friendly jurisdiction? Well, it's certainly trying to, and I think the consultation is a good first step, let's say. There seems to be some tension between the political aspirations um, to make the UK a crypto hub and the approach from regulators. And I think it's fair to say that regulators remain sceptical when it comes to crypto. We have seen a recent statement, for example, from the new FCA chair, that tough rules are needed to detoxify the sector. And I think we all agree that regulation is needed to ensure a level playing field and achieve consumer protection, of course. And the fact that HMT has put forward a comprehensive proposal is hugely positive. But at the same time, I think it needs to be proportionate so as to enable innovation and foster it. And I'm sure that the UK can still come first in this race because we are ahead of the US and I have no doubt that we can make improvements on the uh, proposals set forward from Mika. I absolutely agree. I think the balance between regulation and innovation absolutely needs to be right. But as you've, you've referenced, sort of the regulators are keen to make sure that consumer protection is sort of high up on the list and I think it's fair to say that consumer adoption of crypto assets has increased significantly over the last few years maybe 650 percent between 2018 and 2021 with it as far as I'm aware continuing to rise um what are your thoughts on the reasons why there has been a significant increase in consumer adoption generally well I think during the last bull run um when the all-time high of the market was almost three trillion, um, which of course it's small compared to the size of the global economy, but it's still quite significant. Mm -hmm. um, crypto entered the mainstream, and of course we saw that uh, the the price of Bitcoin, the value of it reaching um, about sixty-seven thousand uh, dollars, that. Uh, 
kind of incentivize consumers to get into that, especially in a negative interest environment. Um, it's also become easier for consumers to access crypto-related products. Um, for example, our own product, a Revolut, it's so intuitive and easy to use. Um, so some people treated crypto as a hedge against inflation, where interest rates were very low, and others just um, approached it for speculative reasons, really. Um, but it's important to remember that it is highly volatile asset class and prices can drop to zero. So I would encourage our listeners to only invest money they can afford to lose. And I would also say that we are a very responsible provider. We, we have disclaimers within the app, but people should take these at face value. When we say that the value of a cryptocurrency can drop to zero, we mean it. It's not a theoretical mm. risk. We've seen it happening, actually. Mm. And I've certainly seen sort of or at least heard war stories of, of that actually happening, even in sort of my sort of circle, which is which is is interesting is interesting to to see from a personal perspective i guess that really must be the you know the focus of regulatory protections and and something that uh, i assume you agree would definitely sort of worry regulators is there anything further you could sort of say on that there is an increased focus on marketing um as well as custody arrangements of course for crypto um and the provision of services from overseas entities um i think you know, especially after recent market events, um, these concerns have become even more acute. And overseas entities um, offer services within jurisdictions where they're not regulated, causes great difficulty to regulators because they don't have any way to effectively supervise these firms. Um, at the moment, of course, the UK only has a name L supervisory regime for crypto, um, and the FCA is the relevant supervisor, but the FCA is adopting an expansive approach to the registration regime, and it's trying to assess elements that extend beyond the AML part of the application. Um, so it's almost a quasi-license process, one would say. And I appreciate that the FCA might appear to be overreaching and going beyond what the statutory powers are. But I think that just trying to balance the kind of overarching objectives that they have as a regulator. Um, so from the perspective of the industry, it's really important to get these rules that will provide further clarity in a regime that will be tailored um, around crypto and the provision of services so that there is a level playing field in the market, essentially. I suppose one way the regulator has started to try and and do that or is, is the new financial promotions regime and the rules around that um, extending to uh, crypto assets. What are your thoughts on, on those? So the new financial promotions framework will bring crypto within the perimeter, um, what we call the financial promotions order. Um, there is currently an exemption that will allow registered crypto firms, um, FCA register that is, to benefit from a temporary exemption. 
Um, that is a departure from the original proposals, which effectively brought a complete ban of crypto. So I think it's very promising. It shows that the FCA is listening to the industry uh, and is taking a proportionate stance. Um, as for overseas firms, um, I said before that I think regulators are quite concerned with the cross-border provision of services. Uh, these firms, they will need to seek the approval of a FISMA-authorized firm, um, which will need to act as what is known as a Section 21 approver. And of course, currently, the concern is that there are no firms in the market that would be able to do that. It's quite high risk indeed. Um, so I think from a practical standpoint, the overseas firms will not be able to market their services to UK consumers. And the, the knock-on impact of that is that the FCA will have a huge influx of firms that will seek registration in order to benefit from the temporary exemption. Um, now, the previous registration period, we see we saw very long delays in application processing. So hopefully the FCA will have anticipated that and they will have um, you know, managed the resourcing and taking the, the expertise that they need. But overall, I think um, it's, it's a positive um, development uh, because we do need to see a comprehensive and uniform set of rules in this area. No, absolutely. And I'd be interested to know if the FCA has actually scaled up as well, because our experience is that that's not necessarily always the case. So it'd be interesting to see see what happens in that space. Um, consumers knowing what they are purchasing, I suppose, is, is just one risk and the financial promotions regime sort of feeds into that. Um, I'm also interested to hear about emerging trends sort of generally and emerging risks generally, particularly in uh, around economic crime. So we've got sort of money laundering, evasion of sanctions, um, but let's touch on fraud specifically. And, and what are your thoughts on, on this and how it should be handled? Well, unfortunately, as you would expect with the increased interest and increased values in this space, uh, there has been a significant increase in the number of crypto related frauds. They're not specific to the technology. It's a problem as old as time, really. Um, but it is a new area that fraudsters are, uh, you know, trying to exploit. Um, and it's important to remember that if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> so you have to exercise caution. Um, both Mika and the UK regime will introduce rules on market abuse, which I think is a a novel area. Um, it's very positive because we have seen lots of instances of less reputable, let's say, projects mushrooming with lots of retail investors losing money as a result. Um, most of those have been, well, plainly fraudulent. Um, you may recall the, the squid coin that within the space of a few hours reached the value of almost $3,000 and then it dropped to zero when the developers disappeared with the funds. So I think requirements like producing a white paper and setting out your risks and um, you know the key characteristics of your project are very, very positive. But it's very important that consumers um, 
you know, make do the research and educate themselves before investing in this area. No, it's definitely a case of sort of buyer beware. Um, thank you. It's been incredibly interesting to sort of hear your thoughts on recent developments, particularly around sort of consumer protection. Um, before we close, I'm I'm also interested to hear your thoughts on on or, or wish list. I suppose, what's the one thing you want to see in the future in terms of crypto regulation? Yeah, I think there is one item fairly high up on my wish list. Um, we do need rules on DeFi. It's still a nascent and largely unregulated area within crypto but we do expect it to grow significantly in the future. So um, I think the EU has started doing some thinking in this space and um, I think we do need the same here in the UK. We understand that the regulation of DeFi will be the focus of uh, Mika number two. So definitely um, an important area to focus on and, and quite a difficult one to regulate as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, perhaps that's another topic for another podcast that we can get you on to talk about when the time when the time comes. I'd love to. <laughs> um, that leaves me to say thank you very much um, and watch this space. Thank you for having me, Zena.